Good evening, listeners, and welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 3rd of November, 2023. Plenty to look forward to on this evening's show. We're going to be looking ahead to the two games that are live on Tip FM this weekend. That's Laura against Currafin on Sunday at half past one in the Munster Intermediate Hurling quarterfinal. We're also going to be looking ahead to Saturday's game here on Tip FM. That is, of course, Aherlow against Grange Mokler Ballyneal in the replay of the County Intermediate Football Final. We're going to be looking ahead to both of those games. Derek Lynch will be joining us to speak about uh, Cara Finn and Anthony Shelley will be joining us to speak about the football and of course our newly appointed Tipperary Senior Management Team as well and towards the end of the show Barry Drake will be looking ahead to the weekend's Greyhound Racing but with the announcement that came in uh, came through this morning there's only one place we can start this week's show Ball breaking inside now Nilo Mara in there gathered Nilo Mara plays it out to Jason Ford back again Nilo Mara coming through the middle Nilo Mara goes for goal yes! It's in the back of the net a brilliant finish by the Caroline McDonough striker came in, got that ball and fired it home into the back of the net at the Davin stand and Sheedy Roars, Tip Roar, we're back in business here. We're Yes, of course, Niall O'Mara announced his retirement from the inter-county game this morning with Tipperary. 31-year-old Killeron McDonough's clubman uh, won two All-Irelands with Tipperary. And uh, Niall was good enough to uh, sit down and have a few words with myself earlier this morning. So let's hear uh, that chat between myself and Niall O'Mara following his retirement from the Tipperary senior inter-county scene. Hello, Paul. How are you? Not a bad at all. Um, lovely morning. So um, I'm on midterm break, so I have a bit of time, thankfully. Yeah, ideal. Not a bad time, so for uh, all the teachers around the around the county. But um, no, yeah, you came to this decision, I suppose. I I reading the the statement that was put out. You just said you felt the time was right. Just uh, kind of talk to us on that and 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 making that decision it was a, a lot of thought went in behind it, and uh, I suppose what what made it that the time was right for for you to step away. Uh, just a number of things, Paul. Um, firstly, um, thankfully we have a healthy baby boy, just 14 weeks old, Mikey O'Mara. So um, obviously that changes your perspective as a as a sports player. I guess inter-county um, is quite, you have to be quite selfish for inter-county in ways. And since he arrived, I suppose, myself and Kira, my kind of priorities have changed, Paul. And look, there's no secret in the county. I've had a good few injuries and even this year now I struggled. And I guess mentally it got to me for a finish and just, with everything going on in life, I just decided now it was the right time to kind of go a different direction. So, um, yeah, I suppose, look, it's not probably the year I wanted to finish up with. Is, you know, not everybody goes out the way they would have liked it, but um, I just felt the time was right for me to step away, and I'm happy with the decision. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, when I suppose the statement went out this morning, only a couple of hours ago, I'm sure you've had plenty of text messages and things like that, but uh, how have you kind of felt since that gone out? Is it kind of like a... Not a not a not a sense of relief or anything like that, but is it just a sense of yeah, okay, that that was a that was the right decision, or, or how do you kind of feel since? Yeah, I suppose. Look, um, you know, intercounty. I suppose for people that don't know, it, it's it's a huge commitment. I know, like, there's players are fit now all year round. There's no such thing as off season really, and um, that takes its toll too. I suppose on a personal note, um, you know, injuries have kind of got a few contact injuries this year, different things like that, and it just kind of. Um, Puts perspective on things like after Mikey was born, we played a game against um, Timmy Var and I hurt my shoulder and I couldn't pick him up for a few days. And I know that's kind of part and parcel of the game, but um, I suppose inter-county level you're a higher risk of injury due to the level of training and I suppose the intensity of it. So there's a number of things I suppose, Paul. It's um, it's kind of difficult to put your finger on it, but you know I, I keep a bit of journal, I do a bit of diary entries, and I kind of felt that you know just looking at it maybe now is the right time because I think. 
Tipper in a good place. I think you know with Liam, they're going in a good direction. So um, it's you know I guess you know I I'm looking forward to following them really too. And I suppose that's part of it. I kind of my own journey has come to an end. I've luckily had a bit of success, and I can kind of just park it now and be happy with it. Yeah, and. Uh like you, you've had plenty of successes, right? Two All Irelands, I think it's at forty-five appearances with six thirty-nine score. That's going off Wikipedia now, so that mightn't be uh, the most accurate. But uh, I suppose your your time in in there started in in twenty fourteen and had the twenty sixteen and, and twenty nineteen uh, All Ireland victories. But you mentioned there in terms of just the commitment, and I suppose. We all know, looking in from the outside of the commitment and I, just the levels of training that has to go into being on an inter-county panel, um, but from being in there yourself, like what actually is it like in terms of being in there with an inter-county setup? Like I'd imagine it probably does take over most of your life for, for when you're in there. Yeah, no, Paul. As I mentioned, I suppose you have to be selfish and... Um, I guess with it, 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 it's a big like it's like another job you could say. I don't want to have it in that terms, but it could be thirty-five hour week or thirty-hour week for a lot of lads. You're probably training between pitch sessions and gym sessions five days of the week, and then you know recovery is gone. You know to be a vital aspect of it. So if you're not spending the other two days trying to recover properly, and I suppose you've got the dietary side of it too, and that takes time. You can't just go into the shiver and get what you want, I suppose, is uh, the side of it. But um, all that has its elements. And it can be quite, I wouldn't say stressful, but you need to be very focused to do it all right. And um, I suppose a lot of people don't see that side of it. And, like, you know, when you have relationships and families, you miss out on a lot of family organized events, you know, weddings, different things like that. You know, they become second fiddle to the inter-county scene because that's just the way it's gone. And I guess, like, you know, for people to understand it is these lads are probably going to be on the road for seven or eight months a year chasing glory, and it does take it does take a lot of sacrifice and commitment to get there. And as I said, we were lucky enough that our sacrifice paid off a couple of times and our commitment. But, look, it's a huge honour as well to play for a tip, but it does, take, it does take its toll in terms of time commitment and other aspects of your life. Yeah, and I think that's uh, probably important for for people to understand that because oftentimes it, frustrations come when if tip or bet in a game and things like this. But you, it's easy lose sight of the actual commitments that uh, inter county players put in. But looking at your your statement, um, obviously th- thanked all the the management down through the years. But Eamon O'Shea is someone who you gave a special mention to, of course, a a, a clubman of yours as well out in Killer One, and you would have ventured together both club and county with Eamon. But just talk to me about about Eamon because a lot. The players mentioned kind of uh, uh, him. Uh, Shemi Callan mentioned him in his um, retirement statement as well. Just he obviously has a huge impact on on the players uh, that played under him. Yeah, look, he's a he's a brilliant man. He's very um, forward thinking in terms of. I remember one conversation having him was about what I was doing off the pitch because he kind of knew if I wasn't going to be in the right position off the pitch, I'm you know I wouldn't be able to perform for him on the field. And just I suppose he sees the game in a way I could relate to about. I suppose as a forward, you're trying to find spaces and maybe, you know, look for opportunities. And he was a big uh, advocate for that. And I suppose one thing he mentioned about hurling was just speed. Like, you know, I suppose to get to the highest level, um, speed is probably the difference between the, you know, the levels. To be honest with you, your speed to touch and hand and think thought, I suppose as well. So he was look, he was a brilliant coach. And I suppose for me, just to get in 2013, I captained the 21 hurling team, and then with that didn't we lost the monster final played with the intermediate team won the All-Ireland he gave me a call after that so look, I was very grateful because I was obviously you know like all young aspiring hurlers I just wanted to, to get a chance to play with the senior team and see how it went so that's, for that I'll always be grateful and then obviously I had Mike we had Liam 
Colin, I think Colin went travelling for that year and obviously Liam now. So, like, in fairness, worked with a lot of good men over the years and they all have Tip at the, at the heart of it. So that's the, that's the one thing about them all. You know, Tip is, I suppose, it's a huge job. It's, you know, it's second to Dublin football, really, in terms of, what would you call it, um, you know, people are really interested in. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult job to take, but all the lads did a very good job in it. And as I said in the statement there, the greatest people around them between... You know, the likes of a Tommy Dunn or even, you know, lads like that. Gary Ryan did speed coaching, speed development for a couple of years. You had a lot of great people I worked with and you learned a lot from him, like. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, um, it's well said there on, on Eamon, I suppose. You're um, harping back then, like you you, you mentioned being in the under-21s, you've had a, a lot of success in terms of the intermediate medal. I think you've a Tipperary senior football medal with, with Thomas McDonough's as well. So it's been a, a good run of success, uh, both with club and county, but... Um, just on the the intermediate, I was thinking of this just randomly enough the other day. Just the Tipperary intermediate uh, team. It's it's not a thing anymore. But you would have been a part of that. Um, did, did that help you in your development in terms of getting up to maybe the the adult grade? Do you think there's a place there for kind of a a development team like that, or or what's your your opinion on that? Yeah, definitely, Paul. Look, the one thing I can definitely be adamant on is that since 2013, even. And this has not been, you know, disrespectful to anybody. The gap between club trend and county has narrowed a bit, but inter-county level is obviously a good bit ahead of maybe club senior hurling, to be to be honest about it. So yeah. definitely if you had something along those lines, it could benefit. And, like, I suppose you've got late bloomers too, Sean O'Brien, Donna Maher. They were the kind of latecomers to the tip panel. I think both of them had wooden tip or intermediate All-Irelands. I know Sean O'Brien did. Dar Egan was in gold for the year in 2013. You know, you had lots of lads. John O'Keefe played on it. So there was a lot. There was a big spread of players. David Young won in All-Ireland in 2010 and then played on the intermediate team. He was captain of the team in 2013. So there's definitely a place for it. I think, um, I suppose, with resources and the cost of everything and maybe getting the getting the management place is probably the biggest issue. But I, I know that, I suppose, under 20, there's quite a gap between under 20 and senior, really, isn't there? Yeah. Um, in terms of age, like, so it could, could have its place, yeah. Yeah, no, and it was just a, an interesting uh, thing I, I picked up on there in the in the last couple of weeks, just thinking about it. But um, back to to yourself, I suppose it, the the two All Ireland victories, twenty sixteen. Um, you came on as a sub that day, but in twenty nineteen, you you played a a big role in that victory, the goal in the first half of that game against Kilkenny. Just um, looking back on that, like what what is it like to score a goal on all our all Ireland final day, like eighty two and a half thousand people um, screaming and shouting? Like, can you can you describe that moment um, uh, if if you if you can even remember it? I suppose in twenty nineteen. No, just it's just was just surreal. I suppose with in the game, just looking for the opportunity and it kind of was got a half gap. I'm not known for my shooting, let's be honest, but um, it kind of opened up for me a bit and just went for it. I suppose at the time, as I said before. We were kind of struggling in the game a bit, so it kind of gave us a lift and you know, we kicked on from there. But for me, it was just a very proud moment, um, you know, just to get that chance to play in the final firstly, to start a final, because in 2016, it was lovely to be on the field at the end, you know, when we were after celebrating the victory. But I suppose it's nice to start a final too. So um, very proud moment for me, obviously, and it's something I'll always have a fond memory of. And I suppose like everything, um, it's something you dream of. So it was, it was obviously a, a great buzz and a great thrill to... You know, just I suppose scored and just the buzz after. You don't really appreciate it probably until time goes on because, like every player, you're looking forward 
you know, COVID hit in 2020, we were kind of hoping to have a good run at it and kind of, dis- I suppose, disrupted things. But mm. I suppose as a player, Paul, you enjoy the moments, but you're always kind of thinking of the next moment. And to be honest with you, you probably remember the game, the bad games you've played more than the good ones. And that's that's the thing, the part of being a competitor. You're always trying to improve and find ways of getting yourself, you know, up a level. So, yeah, but as you said at the time, it was an incredible moment. And as I said, I have a picture. My mum got a picture frames of it, and it's something we'll always have. So I'll cherish that. Yeah, and I suppose now now is a, a time you can maybe look back uh, on those moments a bit more fondly. Um, but yeah, like just that that whole thing, like playing in front of a, a packed out Crow Park, it just must be a, an incredible experience as a player. Like, is that is it is that something maybe you might miss when when you're away? Just those kind of like a big goal like that on a, on a championship day and uh, those those big outings like that. Oh, definitely. Look, the buzz of it. You can't replace the buzz of it, I guess, because there's nothing like it. Because at the end of the day, everyone out there is an amateur, uh, you know, and I suppose they're representing their family and their club first and foremost, and then their county. And when you see, you know, like even Parky Cueve there, the new stadium in these places, they're unreal to play in. You'd always just want, you know, you just, I suppose you can't really replace it, but um, to get the opportunity, obviously, was brilliant. But yeah, I, I definitely miss it. And I suppose the next best thing, obviously, is with your club, and we'll have that too. So um, I suppose. Like I'm looking forward to going supporting the team first and foremost. It's going to be nice to kind of go and enjoy the kind of day out, I suppose. Because I haven't really had the chance to do that ever, to be honest with you. So I'm really looking forward to that side of it. Yeah, and um, just uh, like I mentioned that in, in the 2019 final, but is there any other moments particularly in, in the blue and gold that might stick out in your mind looking back now? Um, I suppose, obviously, first minor game down in Cork was a big moment because I suppose at the time, it's just a confidence thing. I actually played OK the same day got bet an extra extra time so I uh, went to went a fair distance and then obviously when Ken Hogan made me captain of the under 21 team it was um, it was a very big moment for me personally and it's something I'll always be uh, thankful to Ken for because it gave me that I suppose a little lift maybe that extra bit of confidence that I needed at the time to make the breakthrough and then I suppose one moment is just winning my first medal in 2015 Munster final against Walford it wasn't the best games best of games but it was the first kind of you know medal I won with them and it was inside in Turles and it was like just you know, you kind of had that desire to win more after that, and I think we won. We won in 2016. We haven't won a monster since, so it's been. Um, I suppose those moments are important, and like you know, as as a as competitor, you're always thinking, what do we have to do to win, or how do we win? So yeah, those there's those moments in particular I cherish, and I suppose even at the end of the game this year, after the Galway game, I kind of knew that was it. You know, even at that stage, I kind of knew I was going to probably walk away. So um, just even going around and talking to the players before I left was just kind of I wouldn't say they would have known at the time but it was quite emotional for myself to know that I kind of had peace with it you know that kind of way yeah. it's um, kind of like you know like every journey there's ups and downs as I said in the same it's like I've had obviously my own battles with injury and maybe form as well so I suppose everyone doesn't have the career they want to have but you kind of have to make peace with it in the end yeah no that's that's very interesting I suppose kind of known after that Galway game but it like was there frustration there in terms of like I remember speaking to you up in Corrigan Park after uh, the league game against Antrim and you were you were nearly back uh, to to fitness at that stage but then you had another setback so there was kind of a a lot of frustrations probably uh, throughout this this season gone by. Yeah, look, well, I suppose look firstly to get on the team you have to be fit and if you're not fit you can't be con- be considered which is like that is the way it should be because at Inter County it's so intense and high level. And just for me, you know, I probably had my best club season in 2022 and I just couldn't seem to catch a break and broke, like, kind of broke a small bone, and I fractured a bone in a cracked match against Carlo. 
uh, I think that was March or something. That just was the kind of second or third setback I had, and I kind of knew it was going to be a long way back from then. But, um, yeah, I guess I suppose one thing you want to do is always give the group energy. So I tried to be, you know, positive and give everything any bit of advice I could. But there is this idea it's like, geez, I just wish I could get fit and have a go at this. And I guess that does bring us frustration because with Kira, Kira was pregnant at the time, and I kind of felt guilty sometimes leaving her because I wasn't really, you know, without being smart about it, I wasn't up to the level I wanted to be at. And I was still trying to get there, but it was, it was difficult because, as I said, she, just the setbacks kind of took their toll. And, and mentally, in the end, I think a lot of players, you know, I just when you read different articles, you know, a lot of people are suffering. The injury side of it is something that you can't really control because when you're amateur, you have to go to work the following day. And I think that's the, probably the hardest part about being injured. You know, that kind of way, it, you just can't get the rehab and access to maybe the sport you'd like because life has to go on outside of the outside of the game I guess yeah no it's a it's a really really interesting insight but I suppose before before I let you go you're, you're 31 um, years old I suppose you've, you've still a good bit of hurling left in you of course but uh, what's next for yourself uh, I, I, I'd imagine you're going to stay going with, with Killer One you've had a few um, a bit of a roller coaster of, a, of an 18 months I suppose winning the, the Dan Breen and then um, get into a relegation playoff and winning the relegation playoff this year but um, yeah w- w- what's next for, for yourself um, John Paul I I just want to so spend time with my family now and obviously with Mikey being around the place it's it's a, it's a whirlwind of a day every day goes so quickly and I guess teaching I'm back teaching now after a bit of a career break and I'm enjoying it and I'm um, looking forward to doing a bit of coaching I'm involved with the Killer on Juvenile Club and stuff so look yeah it's been a roller coaster 18 months really has and I, I actually want I'm looking forward to kind of sitting back maybe over the winter months and not worry about getting fit um, so it's kind of one of those things it'll be bittersweet I guess not to have the buzz of going back training and kind of you know like there's there was I know it's early in the year but there's when you play that first game in training there's always a sense of like you leave it going like you know we're, we're in a good place here and I'll miss that side of it but personally I guess I'm going to sit back and enjoy it first as you said last year he wants to killer one has been a whirlwind quite um you know just showed, showed you what sport is like quite fickle to the highest high maybe to nearly the lowest low in terms of hurling sense. So, um, yeah, looking forward to kind of relaxing first and maybe spend a bit of time with my friends too that I wouldn't get those weekends with. So, um, yeah, it's, look, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about it much, but um, over the next few weeks, I'm sure um, everything will work itself out. Yeah, well, you 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 definitely deserve uh, uh, some time uh, to catch up on what you missed out on after a, a great career with Tipperary. Uh, Nilo Mara, uh, congrats on the, the brilliant career and uh, thanks for having what was a, a very insightful chat with myself here on uh, thanks, this Paul. week's Cross Line. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks very much. Take care. And I can't thank Niall O'Mara enough there for speaking to myself this morning. I'm sure he was uh, inundated with people probably texting him and looking to get in touch uh, after announcing his inter-county retirement. So many thanks goes out to uh, Niall O'Mara there and all the best of luck in his inter-county retirement. And I'm sure we'll see him in the Killer One McDonough's jersey uh, next year as well. So we're going to take a quick ad break and we're going to be continuing our GA talk after these. And you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 3rd of November, 2023. Now, before before we talk about the game on Sunday between Laura and Curfin, we're going to pivot to football as the Tipperary Senior Football Management Team was announced during the week. Paul Kelly 
of a Dublin native living in Kildare is the one tasked with taking on the role of the manager of the Tipperary senior footballers going forward and to talk about that and to also talk about tomorrow's game the intermediate football replay uh, the final replay between Aherlow and Grange Mokler Ballyneil a reminder that game is live here on Tip FM with thanks to Ria Group Martin and Ria uh, in Tipperary Farm Management uh, they are sponsoring that game tomorrow at half past one down in Ardfinan so to speak about all things Tipperary football I'm joined on the line by football analyst Anthony Shelley Anthony you're welcome to the show Yeah thanks Paul Anthony we've had uh, finally we got we got a white smoke, smoke I suppose in terms of a Tipperary senior football manager it was announced earlier in the week uh, Paul Kelly of uh, a Tallinn native uh, living in Kildare at the minute he's the one who's uh, taken over uh, with a fairly extensive backroom team that includes uh, Paul Fitzgerald from Feathered um, I suppose we it took a long time but we finally have a, a Tipperary senior football manager yeah, I presume that a lot of people have been spoken to over 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 the last few months. Uh, I think it's probably over four months now since David Power um, stepped down. So uh, it's it's finally good to to see a manager in place. Um, uh, Paul Kelly, I think he's a Thomas Davis man originally, and and managed his own club for a for a number of years, getting them to a county final. Um, right, they lost that, and then he was involved with Nace, and he was also part of. Oshin McConville's backroom team in in, um, in Wicklow last year, so yeah, look, it's good. It's, look, the manager as he says is is just a figurehead, just kind of a, a liaison officer if you want. So you have to look at the whole management team as a whole, and um, I suppose it does look like I'd have I'd have great time for for Paul Fitzgerald and Michael Sullivan, two good lads and two good temporary men. So um, Mick might be tip, but he's, he's he's here long enough for us to call call him the tip man, the former Tipperary minor manager. So it's good to see them, and they'll they'll have a good handle on on the players around the county. And uh, probably very early on in the day is um, one of the most important people in, in the setup will be the SNC man or the athletic performance coach, as they're now called. Actually, when you're looking at at the announcement, they they all get fancy titles now, don't they? They're not just uh, you know, they were nearly the four months making up the titles for these lads. But, um, yeah, so he's the SNC man, Aidan O'Brien. He was formerly with Limerick, and I think he was with, with the Clare Hurlers last year. And um, well, I wouldn't know much about him personally. Like you just have to look at the teams he's tra- he trained and uh, Clare Hurlers last year were were a very fit team. And um, I remember we played. Limerick in the stadium two years ago and the ran as ragged uh, in fitness terms so he'll be very important man very early on and uh, it, it, it looks like that that's it that's a very very good appointment so as I said with with a manager when when you appoint a new manager it's not just the manager himself it's the management team and if you look at the whole team as a whole you know Hugh Kenny uh, a Wicklow legend uh, would bring great experience the two tip boys um, would bring the local knowledge and then um, Edna O'Brien at S and C. So uh, uh, overall, look, yeah, it's a results-based game. So you have to give them, give them time and see see how they go. But there's there's no looking at the teams in Division Four and the players that we have available around the county. Um, there's nothing there that would strike the fear of God into us. So you know, over the next two years, you'd like to see us not just in Division Three but consolidated in, in Division Three. And I suppose Paul Kelly has a very important few weeks ahead of them in making phone calls to try to get lads to commit for for the coming season and um the you, you'd hope that you know that 
the lads will commit and certainly the big names, you know, the the Cole McKendys, the Connor Sweeney's, Jack Kendys, Teddy Doyle, Stephen O'Brien, these lads, Shane O'Connell, that these lads would all give it another year to to um to drive the thing on, but also you would imagine that there would be a lot of new faces brought in and um there's plenty of good footballers around the county. So if if Paul Kelly if he, if he can have a good two weeks on the, over the next two weeks on the phone and persuade persuade these lads to to um to commit, well then I see no reason why you know, it shouldn't be a successful few years for Paul and, he, and his team. Yeah, 100% and we, we wish him all the very best luck and yeah, the, the Agent O'Brien appointments it just kind of pops off the, the sheet of paper in front of you, just the, the resume and uh, you know, he, what, he did four years in with the, the Limerick senior football team and they went from Division 4 to Division 2 and things like that and um, got to a Munster football final that year, the Clare Hurlers last year, so that seems to be a, a very good appointment, but you're mentioning just players to, to come back and I haven't been speaking to you on, on the show since uh, the, the senior football final of course, your, your own JK Brackens were beaten by commercials on that day, but it was a real kind of a unbelievable performance on the day from Mikey Quinlevin. Now the ship might have sailed in terms of uh, Mikey's uh, um, want, I suppose, to play a Tipperary senior football. But uh, <laughs> if if he did, I mean, he he looked unbelievable on that day, and I'm sure he'd be like a, a name high up on on the new management team's list in terms of trying to get him back in. Yeah, look, I know he didn't get it on the day, but uh, you know, I don't think there was any doubt about it that. Mikey Quinlan was not in the match in, in, in the county final. You know, when, he, when he's on that form, he's um, he's unmarkable. But look, as with all things in life, lots of other things going on in life. Mikey is getting married in April. I think he's moving into a, a new house in the next couple of weeks up up in Dundalk. So Dundalk to Torles three times a week. You know, at, at, at thirty years of age, is probably not is not going to it's not going to happen. So I think you know. We have to move on from the likes of Mikey, and then you know there's good, good, good young players coming through. Like I mean, anyone that's seen that county final would have been equally impressed with young Peter McGarry. Like you know, and mm. that's the phone call that should be made. And um, you know, there's another guy there that probably should have been in a few years ago from um, from commercials. Ross Peters. There's a phone call I'd be making as well. Like Ross would be kind of a Paul Galvin type player around the middle of the river tip, and we need that. Yeah, and and. As I said, people say I'm on a campaign to get Jack Kendy, our own Jack Kendy from JK Brackens on this team. I'm not. It's like the simple fact is he's one of the best forwards, if not the best forward in the in the county at the moment. So, like, you know, we, it's time probably to move on from the Mikey Quinlan's and that, and, and and give the other lads a, their chance because they're they're plenty good enough. Yeah, and we're we do like. I suppose I've mentioned this to you before. Like, um, Tip had a had a tough year in twenty twenty three in the inter county scene, but I think we do have a lot of good footballers in the county, and they can do much better than than what they showed of themselves in, in twenty twenty three. So there is a chance there for the new management team and a, a bit of a turn in form to just bounce back and really show that that there is a lot of talent in the county with the big ball as well. Absolutely, there is a lot of talent, and you know the. It'll, it'll also depend on, you know, I was saying the phone calls that Paul Kelly will have to make, but it'll also depend, I suppose, on the phone calls that Liam Cal is making. Like, uh, you know, there'll be one or two in with the hurling that um, if they if they don't go back in, like, you know, like the Paddy Creighton and uh, and that, like, I mean, all well capable of playing inter-county football for, for, for Tip. Uh, I don't know whether he'll be going back in with the hurling or not. He, he's been in there two years and hasn't got the run, so maybe... 
maybe maybe he might he 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 might he might show his lot in with the footballers and you know at the, an intermediate level there were certainly a few a few lads from from Torles Arsfields that uh, had their good run in the intermediate championship um, that that would be worth a look as well so you know there's a lot of work to, to be done in the background over the next few weeks for Paul Kelly but if if he can get the right players to commit he certainly will have a talented enough team. Yeah, so we wish him all the very best of luck and I suppose there's a couple of uh, players maybe he might be having a look on here on Saturday um, at half past one down in Ardfin in the replay of the intermediate football final. It's Aherlow against Grange Mokler Ballyneil. The game will be live here on Tip FM from half one uh, on Saturday. Um, this game was one of the most dramatic, uh, exciting games in the replay. It finished Aherlow 13 points, Grange Mokler won 10, but we had black cards, we had red cards, we had penalties, we would missed freeze at the end. It was pure drama, so I don't know if it's going to be able to live up to uh, the the first edition, but um, it's definitely set up for for a very entertaining semi or uh, second game here. Well, it may, yeah, and it may well live up to it because these teams played in the league final earlier on, and Arlo won by a point. And then last week it was, um, or, or two weeks ago, it, it was a draw down in Arfin, and uh, I was because of J.K. Bracken's involvement in the the county senior. I didn't see it, so I listened to it on Tip FM and. I did something that it was so exciting. I did something you wouldn't normally do. I came home and I turned it on and watched it on 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 Clover after like, and it was an absolutely pulsating game. You know, um, it, it was a lot of mistakes in it, uh, as you're going to guess with football in October. It's not going to be, you know, very pretty, but um, it it had everything like early two black cards within 30 seconds of each other for Jack Halloran and Joey Lyons and then a few minutes later just after coming back on Joey Lyons received a yellow card so Grange Mokler had to pay this was all before half time Grange Mokler had to pay the second half with 14 men but um, also and when Aherlow were, were getting on top uh, Dermot Luby got a black card in the second half and uh, he was he was a vital player to him at that stage of the game, and that that um that gave Grange Mokler the impetus to 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 come back. Um, they scored a penalty, and then they had a penalty just on the on the on the stroke of full time. And it looked to me after you know Mikey Lyons kicked Monet on the day, had and absolutely buried the first penalty. It was brilliant, but I think he made the Cardinals in. Just looking at it, and he's run up. He made the Cardinals in a penalty takers. I think he might have changed his mind on the way up, and um, and it was uh, uh, and it was saved. And then from that, they got a free. That it wasn't an easy free, but it went wide. And then Barry Grogan, who had get an exhibition of free taking all day long, like some of the frees he got were were just outstanding. All from 45, 47, 50 yards. And, got a free just inside the 45 to, to draw it and Barry slipped I think just as he was about to take it so um, I think at the end of the day a fair result a fair result but what really makes it fascinating for, for the um, for the replay is to look to be a bit of niggle in the game as well like you know, look like two teams that are not in love with each other so that would make it a, 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 a good sideshow for, for, for people going to other people Looking in at it, a uh, really fascinating game and prospect. Really hard to call. Uh, Graves Mokler probably can go around and say, "Oh well, we played the second half of fourteen men," but um, that could be a mistake that the you know to make because often the team with fourteen men do better than the team with fifteen that we've seen recently in, in games. So, um, 
I think Grange Walker have a little bit more to learn than, than Aherlow. The two management teams have done an absolutely fabulous job of snuffing out the main players. Like, you know, um, um, Grange Walker will, will, will have to be, like Barry Groven kicked eight points, they'll know that they'll have to be a little bit more disciplined in their tackling, like give away a free to, to Aherlow. And, um, and and they're going to be punished. But uh, likewise with Arlod, like I mean, uh, Mikey Lines, even though he missed the penalty at the end, he 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 was almost flawless with with his freeze as well. So the one thing that you would take away was that both goalkeepers, while they're quite accurate with their kickouts, they're not very long. Uh, and I'd say it will be a case of two teams pushing right up on the kickouts, and it, it may even come down to the keeper that. That kicks it out the best of the day. Like yeah. it, it, it's going to be going to be fascinating. Tom McGrath, referee, probably the right man for it because, as I said, the, Tom's the experienced referee, and um, there is a little bit of niggle between these two two teams. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's going to be a really fascinating game down in Ardfinnan as well. So probably lends itself to the atmosphere in terms of a smaller venue rather than the, a vast, simple stadium. But um, you think this is going to be close? Would you give Grange Mokler the edge just going after the way you're talking there? Or who do you think w- w- is going to come away victorious here? Yeah, look, I, I've, I've been saying Grange Mokler will win this championship from the, from, from the very start of the year. Uh, I'm not going to change my mind now. But uh, let's just say... I'm not as confident in predicting Grange Walter as I would have been when I predicted him two weeks ago. It, it really is 50-50, but maybe 51-49 in Grange Walter's favour. Yeah, so that one is uh, tomorrow, Saturday, at half past one down in Ardfinnan, and you can hear that here on Tip FM. Uh, Ria Group and Martin and Ria Tipperary Farm Management is the sponsors of that game here on Tip FM tomorrow. Uh, Anthony Shelley, thanks, man, for joining us on Across the Line. Yeah, no problem, Paul. Thanks, William. Many thanks to football analyst Anthony Shelley there for giving us his take on that intermediate uh, football final replay. That is tomorrow at half past one in Ardfinan, live here on Tip FM, with thanks to Ria Group and Martin and Ria. And now we're going to, before we take our second ad break, just some other games to look forward to this weekend. Tomorrow, Saturday at two o'clock in Clonalty, we have the Junior B Hurling Championship. Uh, this is the final. Kappa White against Drummond Inch there in the Junior B Hurling Final tomorrow, 2 o'clock in Clonality. At the same time in Temple Derry, the first of the weekend's Junior B football semi-finals are on Galti Rovers against Shannon Rovers. That one's at 2 o'clock on Saturday in Temple Derry. Then on Monday in Dr. Morris Park at half past seven, the other Junior B football uh, semi-final takes place. That's Clamel Commercials against Upper Church Drum Ban. So all that to look forward to this weekend. We're going to take a second ad break. And after the ad break, we're going to be looking ahead to Lura versus Curfin. And we're also going to be talking Greyhound racing. So last ad break and we're back after these. And you're very welcome back to Across the Line here on Tip FM. Myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, November the 3rd, 2023. Now, we're going to look ahead now to Sunday's game, Munster Intermediate Hurling quarterfinal clash, Lura taking on Curra Finn. And of course, we spoke plenty about Lura in the last couple of weeks on their run-up to the final. And of course, that replay victory over Thurless Sarsfields in the Premier Intermediate final. But what about their opponents, Curra Finn? Maybe some of us here in Tipperary might know too much about what is rolling up into Nina on Sunday at half past one. But to fill us in on that, I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Clare FM's Derek Lynch. Derek, you're very welcome to the show. No problem at all. 
Derek, uh, this Curra Finn team um, of two, three weeks since they beat Six Mile Bridge's second team in the Clare uh, Intermediate Hurling Final. Um, what are you kind of ex- expecting from, from this side now as they venture into Munster? Just kind of go through their their run to the final and I suppose their, their form this year in the Clare Intermediate Hurling Final Championship. Yeah, they've been in good form. I guess the, the greatest franking of that form is the fact that they've been unbeaten throughout, which, you know, is the mark of true champions, really, in in a particular year. Clamara are carrying that same form in a senior sense. So any time you go through that unbeaten, you know, you, you certainly deserve your title. And I suppose the biggest test they probably got all year was in the final against Six Mile Bridge, who have, it's their second team, but they've been really, really competitive at this grade the last couple of seasons. There was a period after half time where I think it was in a six or eight minute spell that Six Mile Bridge hit six wides, you know. So they had their chances, but Curtisian had to come through a real test. But they've done that. Their teams have been knocking at the door um, in the hurling sense in the last couple of seasons. They have suffered quarter final defeats after extra time. They've suffered semi final defeats by a point, you know. So they've paid their dues in a lot of ways and, and got their reward this year. But it's a club that are on the up. Um, small pocket of the community out in North Clare but they're carrying dual senior status now which you know for them is massive and there's a big crossover we'll talk about some of the players in a while but for them to do that and get that achievement so that's a great old bounce um, they're a club that would have joined with their neighbours in Rouen at underage in the last couple of seasons just to get guys saying I suppose first of all keep them playing because demographics and population is a massive thing in rural Ireland at the minute yeah. obviously in a GA sense as well so they're, they're, they're seeing the rewards of that and ironically enough they actually beat Rowan in the knockout stage within the championship this season so uh, they've certainly put in the work and um, this season anyway in a county sense have got their rewards Yeah and uh, you mentioned kind of the, the dual status as well and uh, for, uh, for a club like that to, to be up in senior is massive but that kind of Goes to, that tells me as an outsider looking in that it's a, probably a well-run club and uh, I had a look at their social media today lots of people kind of um, getting in touch and getting their well wishes to the team so it seems to be a close-knit kind of a, a club there Yeah it certainly is you'd always get that in, in, in small little rural areas um, and, and they're a brilliantly run club and I guess you know, there's a lot of uh, isolated players here in Clare that would be playing dual, but when it's within the one club, it's maybe easier to streamline it. Like you take a ballet of recent years who are pulling from maybe five or six different football clubs. Once they leave, it's splintered and it's out of your control, whereas Corafin can maybe have a one-club model and manage it a little bit better. You know, So they've got two very good guys in charge of their flagship teams. Joe Cahill is their, senior, is their now senior hurting manager, his two sons are playing on that team, Barod and Dermot, two really, really strong players for them. And then they've got a guy called Doug Hurley who's over their football team. And the two lads work really in tandem. It's not it's not really seen as football and hurling, it's seen as Corafin, you know. So that can be a really small thing to bring into our mindset that can make things so much easier. I remember being actually out in Corafin at a match and, you know, lads were slagging about the dual thing and you know, asking the question, can you do both? And Joe Cahill actually quipped at the time. He said, when Michael Cusick set up the GA, he set it up for both, didn't he? You know, so you're kind of carrying through that mantra of offering every code to young lads in your parish. And as I say, Corazin really this year now have it down to a fine art. Yeah, so they, they come in here to Annina on Sunday at half past one to take on Laura. Um, and I suppose the similarity there is Laura beat Thurlis's second team in the in the final as well. And uh, Laura won beaten in the championship as well on the way to, to their victory. So um, what kind of players would, would Laura be focusing on from this Curfin team, I suppose, with the advent of streaming in the last couple of years? I'm sure both teams now would have got to have seen a lot of each other and probably know the threats to look out for. But um, from Laura looking at Curfin, who do you think uh, they'll be? Be kind of focusing in on and who who will we be talking about on commentary a lot come Sunday? 
Yeah, no better shrewd buckles now than Ken Hogan and Brian Carroll to be going through that Corrigan game and picking out the lads. So look, some of them are county players that have seen Jamie Malone in a football sense, a former All Star nominee in a Clare football jersey, equally as good with a hurley. Uh, Garo Kelly, really, really good free taker. Laura are going to have to be very, very disciplined uh, on Sunday when you get into winter hurling. Freeze probably become twice as important as they might be in, in the heights of June and July. So if any indiscretions at all, Garoad from 65, 70 yards, he, he usually nails them. Um, I mentioned the two Cahills, Dermot and Garoad, the two, the two brothers, two class players. Dermot would have been involved in that uh, Flannan 30 Cup win a couple of years ago. Really, really good guy. Garoad's a very hard worker around the middle of the park. And he's usually joined at midfield by a guy called Conor Lean, who uh, I don't know if people remember the National Hurling League game in uh, Limerick uh, this year between Clare and Limerick. He was actually booked on the sideline for coming in a little bit too early. <laughs> so he made his senior debut for Clare and got booked before he crossed the white line at all by an overzealous uh, official team, I would suggest. But uh, he's a, a Clare senior panellist, really, really good guy. Uh, then they've got Killy McGrory in the half-back line. He's a guy that would have played minor and 20 for Clare. And uh, Fionn Clancy, who would be the captain of the football Corrigan team, that got to Munster Intermediate Final last year. He usually lines out her own full-back. So they've got strength in every line and a really solid goalkeeper as well in Liam Corbett. Um, and that's all you can ask for. Good and strong down the middle, fine and competitive on the wings and a good balance to the team. Yeah, and uh, just hearing you mention there that they ran to the Munster Intermediate. So they have, they have, um, I suppose, uh, experience in going in Munster competitions, which is uh, an advantage. Oh, it certainly is, yeah. And I suppose it's a, mo- it's a motivation as well, you know, that... You would have seen the benefits of it, and from a community perspective as well. Just you know, if, if you drive out there, the, the, the white red flags are out, and you know it's it's a total buy-in. Um, and yeah, they would have they would have known how to manage this time of year, and maybe as well having experienced it before. Often, you know, you can see that Munster club thing as nearly a novelty, and you kind of don't maybe take it seriously until the first ten minutes have passed, and you realise you're back in a battle. Whereas now, having gone through that they'll see the opportunity that's there and see the rewards that are there for us. And, you know, even from a football sense, like they had that run to the Munster final. And then, you know, while the, by the time the county leagues and came around again, there wasn't that much of a gap. They had competed at a high level and they were playing really, really good teams. And then it wasn't a big culture shock when they made that step up. And I think mm. that can be a real bonus as well for a provincial campaign that maybe a lot of people don't talk enough about, that you get to test yourself against another champion. You know, and that kind of stands you in a good stead when you go on the following season. Yeah, 100%. Derek, thanks a million for uh, all that information on the Currafin team. And uh, I suppose we'll have uh, maybe another chat in a couple of weeks' time looking ahead to Clonlara and Kiladangan. That game's on the 19th of November. But for this weekend, it's Currafin against uh, Lara. That's on Sunday at half past one in Nina. Live commentary here on Tip FM with thanks to the Abbey Court Hotel in Nina. Derek Lynch from Clare FM, thanks a million for joining us on Across the Line. No problem at all. And my many thanks to Derek Lynch there from Clare FM, giving us the rundown on Laura's opponents. That is Kerr Finn. Of course, they meet in Nina on Sunday at half past one. Game live here on Tip FM with thanks to the Abbey Court Hotel. We're really short for time. There was plenty I've wanted to get through uh, in this week's show, but we're not really going to have enough time. But a quick well done to Dylan Slevin. Of course, Bursa Kane, 20-year-old darts player in his debut season as a professional darts player, has qualified for the World Championships uh, in December. So we're going to try and get Dylan on the show in the next couple of weeks. Loads of rugby loads of soccer happening this weekend unfortunately we're not going to have time to get through it all this evening but plenty to look forward to nonetheless uh, this weekend and we wish all the Tipperary teams the best of luck but now as always on a Friday evening it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep
There's another exciting weekend of greyhound racing with so much to look forward to over the course of the next couple of nights and it all starts down in Clanmel tonight where they hold their usual Friday night racing programme. Action as usual gets underway at 7.30 and some good racing to look forward to. We're going to concentrate on the 7th of the night. Of course, this is an A2 contest and Wilderness Hades is a greyhound in tremendous form. It was a smart winner last time when winning in 29.07. It's owned and trained by Declan Drone in Clanmel and it's won 12 times. Looks a leading player from the inside line and expected to go very well. Last time it just finished ahead of Manila Rachel who reopposes for Sean Bowen. That's trained by James Kennedy and that's the likely danger. But the selection is going to be the well-drawn Wilderness Hades running from trap number one. Turning our attention to Saturday night's racing action at Thurless where their usual uh, programme gets underway at 7.35. Looking ahead to the final of the Mick and Mary Burke Memorial A4 stake. This is a wonderful prize of €3,600 and it looks like an open enough final. Although going on last week's winning performance trap number four short again who delivered an outstanding 29-02 winning run, um, is sure to take all the stopping for Thomas Belan in Turles. A reproduction of that winning performance would be good enough, but will have to turn in a handy position. Short again, uh, as I said, getting the vote there for Thomas Belan in that feature race, which is sure uh, to attract a good crowd. Back to Clanmel on Sunday night, um, a 7.30 start there um, on Sunday night. Of course, this features the... Um, Riverside Stud Munster Juvenile Cup, kindly sponsored by Nicky and Graham Holland. 7,000 euros to the winner of this event. Got underway last weekend. Some good performances. Fay Point Sean uh, for the sponsor trainer Graham Holland. Looks a leading player in the opening. He 28-52 uh, winning performance last time. Owned by Patricia uh, Flanagan. That really was a performance of the uh, highest order. And that should take all the stopping. While Honey Bunny uh, is a much improved sort in recent times. 28.62 on the clock um, last week. That'll be one of the leading fancies in heat number two. It really is a wonderful competition in Clanmel um, on uh, Saturday night. Very much looking forward to it. New in DJ is another leading player uh, in heat number three for Graham Holland, who holds such a strong hand, 28-62 last time. That was a superb uh, performance, and uh, as I said, should go very close. There are a couple to keep an eye on there. Um, as I said, it's going to be uh, a terrific event over the course of the next couple of weeks there in Clonmel. Switching our attentions to Shelburne Park um, on Saturday night, of course, uh, always um, top-class racing to look forward to. Uh, you have the Paddy Merriman A1 final as well with 10,000 jurors to the winner. Uh, Tipperary trainer Patrick Gilfoyle has strong uh, claims here with Mustang Flyer who's owned by Sean Burke and Paul Horrigan Clanmel. 28.53 on the clock last time. That's sure to go very well there in that uh, final and as I said, certainly has leading claims there for the local Clonmel um, outfit. Elsewhere, you have the Racing Post Greyhound TV Puppy Oaks Final 525 uh, competition. 5,000 jurors to the winner, Pat Buckley. Uh, the Kappa White trainer represented with Singalong Dolly uh, in trap number three. That should go very well. Uh, the likely favourite is in trap number four. A short grip for uh, Patrick John Coleman and County Offaly. And also keep an eye on trap number one, Scooby Countess. Uh, this one on 
by Steve, Steve Noble in England trained and killing all by Jennifer O'Donnell she's got another exciting young greyhound on her hands 28-20 um, last time and that one is going to get the vote from the inside line so Scooby Countess uh, the one to follow there in that feature final also on Saturday night we have the willwego.com Irish St. Ledger with 30,000 jurors to the winner uh, we're on to round number two now some fabulous performances in the opening round another holiday will be bidding to make it back-to-back winning performances in the opening heat for Tipperary town trainer Michael O'Donovan uh, one of the performers of the opening round when winning in 29.59 Pat Buckley has a strong hand Bob Slay slid Sid runs in the second heat 29.74 winning performance uh, last time that's sure to deliver another big performance uh, for the Kappa White trainer some really classy sorts in this um, ledger it certainly will take plenty of winning over the course of the next couple of weeks I'll be keeping an eye on uh, Sober Glory in heat number four that's one of the leading fancies in my eyes for trainer Carol Ramsbottom and just another one to keep an eye on um, in heat number 6 Bacchus Crystal who's trained by Graham Holland I think the best is to come from her and she's worth following over the course of the next couple of weeks so that's the willwego.com Irish St. Ledger 30,000 euros to the winner of that uh, prestigious event and it's round number 2 at the Limerick Greyhound Stadium on Saturday night and my many thanks to Barry Drake there for filling us in on all things Greyhound Racing happening here locally and both on the national scene this weekend. Now a reminder to listeners just before we finish this week's show that there's two live games on Tip FM this weekend starting tomorrow at half past one Grange Mokler Bally Neal against Arlo in the intermediate football final replay that's at half past one. Then on Sunday at half past one it's Lara versus Curfin that is the Munster Intermediate Hurling quarterfinal both games live here on Tip FM. And uh, just before we sign off this evening a reminder that the Tipperary Club Straw, the November edition, is on this evening in the halfway in Rathronan, being hosted by Moyle Rovers Club, and that is live here on Tip FM from nine o'clock this evening. So many thanks to all my guests. If you're just tuned in, maybe you want to hear that Niall O'Mara interview again. It is on the Tipperary SoundCloud in just a couple of moments' time. So keep an eye out on tipfm.com and all the Tipperary social media sites. Carol Power is coming up after the seven o'clock news, and I'll be back on the airwaves on Sunday for the Lara versus Cara Finn game. So until then, have a good weekend and. We'll talk to you later. Bye for now.